Welcome to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We really hope that you'll be blessed by this week's encouraging message. My name is Ralph, and I'm part of the pastoral care team here at New Hope. And uh, we've been loving people for decades and years, and it's just so good to be here. And how many of you guys have been enjoying this book? How many of you have been really enjoying this? So as a church family, if it's your first time as a church family, we're going to catch up, but we've been going through this book. It's called Keep Your Love On. All right? Keep Your Love On. It's the author's name is Danny Soak. He's one of our heroes. And we've been going through this book so that we could learn and grow. How many of you know it's a lifelong process of learning and growing? You never arrive. So if you thought you did, you don't. It's a journey. Our final destination will be face-to-face with Jesus. Till that point, we are learning and growing. And everybody's on the journey. We're all in different places. Sometimes you're high, sometimes you're low. Sometimes you're weak and sometimes you're strong, but God is faithful and we are growing and we're learning. And uh, we've been learning this amazing phrase, keep your love on. So say it with me. Keep your love on. Say it again. Keep your love on. You know, keeping your love on is a whole new way of living. You know, we, we have these studies, we have these book studies, we have these resources. You, you take a hold of this. You grab a hold of this. It produces transformation in your inner being and how you relate to people in every phase of life, every area of life. So keep your love on is a whole new way of living. We're learning so many things. You know, you wake up in the morning, you get to say, you know what, I get to be powerful. I get to be powerful every, each and every morning. Each and every morning I have a choice. I get to be powerful or powerless. I get to live in healthiness or unhealthiness. I get to choose. I get to choose whether I'm going to live in fear or in love. I get to choose it. You guys don't have any power over me whether I learn to live in fear or love. When Wanda and I are facing challenges in our relationship or all the other relationships that we have in our lives. You know how many relationships we have in our lives? A lot of relationships. (laughs) A lot of relationships. You know what we get to do to each other? We get to do do Hebrews 10.24. Remember the pound? (laughs) We get to stir one another up. Pound each other. Wiggle that baby. Come on. We get to pound each other, stir one another up in love and good works. And we get to, in the midst of some stuff, we'll pound each other and we'll go, ooh, this is getting hurtful, but what do we get to do? We get to keep our love on. Big Wayne, in my practice, in my sleepy, I was like, Big Wayne, we got problems, me and you, but I'm committed to you. We're going to keep our love on no matter what. Carl? we got to talk later. <laughs> but I'm committing my heart to you, and no matter what, I'm going to keep my love on toward you. Amen. Carol Royal, we got some stuff to work out, honey. <laughs> Always. Always. <laughs> Always. But you know what? I'm committed to you, and my heart's toward you. And I'm, no matter what, I'm going to keep my love on toward you. It's a whole new way. It's a whole new, it's a whole new language. This is a new way of living. I'm going to keep my love on. Who said we couldn't live like this? 
Who put limitations on how free and powerful we can really be as a people? Somewhere along the line, I think we got duped. Somewhere along the line, somebody said, nope, you can't be totally free, you can't be totally powerful. You can't choose to keep your love on. In all of your relationships, you're going to keep your love on? Come on. Talk about a limiting belief. You don't know fill in the blank. You don't know my mother. You don't know Fifi, my mother, who's in heaven. You don't know this Italian woman who wanted to control me. You don't know this Italian woman who couldn't let me go. You don't know my boss. You don't know my son. You don't know my daughter. You don't know my brother. Right? Every relationship we have, who put limitations on you to say you can't keep your love on? Because you can keep your love on. It's up to you. Remember when some doctors and scientists said that it was physically impossible to run a mile in less than four minutes? And not only did they believe it was just hard or dangerous, they said it was impossible. It was impossible. But then you guys know what happened in 1954? Roger Bannister achieved a feat that they said could not be done. He ran a mile in under four minutes. It's a tremendous, a tremendous feat, but you know what happens? He broke a barrier. And you know what happens when you break a barrier? You lead away for everybody else to do what they, what they said could not be done. Right now they say about over 1,400 people have broke that barrier. One man did it, broke it open. Broke it open. What they said was impossible is now possible. Yes. In the kingdom of God, what people say out in every area of life besides the kingdom, it's impossible to keep your love on in all your relationships. The naysayers are always going to say it's impossible. Right. In the kingdom of God, what is impossible is possible. Right. When we lean and we're into the Holy Spirit and we're walking with God and we have power to make choices that we're powerful people, we get to keep our love on. As I was praying in this and watching Steve and Charlene unfold the last few weeks going through the book, I wrote down, we can be, we, the New Hope Community family, we can be the healthiest, most powerful church family in our region if we get a hold of this. We can be the barrier breakers we can be the healthiest, most powerful church family in our region because we're all growing and learning and practicing. Keep your love on. It's part of our culture. It's part of our language. As a pastor, I'm working, Whitney and Sean, you guys are working through some stuff. I just know you are. Let's get him. Only because you've been married like a year, right? Almost a year. You're definitely working through stuff. <laughs> the fireworks, the glory, the toothpaste, <laughs> the toilet roll, the dishes. You're working through stuff. You guys get to learn now. You guys get to get a, a, a multiple decade advance on Wanda and I on how to keep your love on. What God can accelerate in you now would have took me 20 years to learn. Seriously. 20 years it took me to keep, learn to keep my love on. And our relationships are going to grow. 
and our personal gardens are going to be green and lush and rich. Because we're practicing keep your love on. We're doers of the word, not just hearers. We're going to be taking, you know, I wanted to get one of them, you know, them gym things. We're exercising our keep your love on muscle right here, baby. Keep our love on. Hooah, Harold. Keep your love on. And you know what? When things are kind of going south and I see people reacting and I see chaos coming in, I can just be really calm now and say, are you keeping your love on? Are you a powerful person or are you sneaking into the powerless realm? Are you keeping your love on? Well, you don't understand. No, I understand fully. I, I totally honestly understand. You want to be right. You want to change that person. You want them to do, no, do, do, do change the way you're thinking. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about you. You get to keep your love on. It's been really fun. It's almost impossible to go through. Um, this isn't a recap. This is grabbing a few highlights from Steve and Char, who did an excellent job, an incredible job, the last two Sundays of sharing their part. The book has three parts, connection, communication, and boundaries. And they did an incredible job on connection, communication. If you want to go to the website, please, it's newhopecom.org. You can enjoy these teachings online. You can listen to them again. I just want to share a few highlights. So, Howard, if you could put down the slide, first slide. This is uh, from Steve. But our goal as a church family, so we have a goal here. You know, there's, there are things that are intentional and purposeful. Our goal as a church family is to build healthy relationships with God and with one another. It's important to have a healthy relationship with God. It just doesn't stop there. We need to be a healthy relationship out here, too, with one another. Amen. That's the goal. That's why we're doing the book. That's why we're learning to keep our love on. Slide the next slide. We are a community of people that choose each other and make the choice to keep our love on no matter what. That is a powerful declaration. We are a community of people that choose each other and make the choice. Let me hear you say, I have a choice. choice. You can keep your love on or you can't or you don't have to. It's your choice. But I love the no matter what. Because for Sean and Whitney, there's not a game, there's not a, uh, a, a game, what's that? Uh, there's a game plan, a plan B. There's no plan B. There's game, there's A. We're going to be committed to working it out. We've been married under a year. Wanda and I, 40 plus years of marriage, as many of you. Even after that length of time, there's no plan B. What are we going to just walk away? We're not going to keep our love on? We're going to blow everything up? We're going to give up. We're going to give in. No, we're committed to one another. Amen. I'm making a choice, babe. I'm keeping my love on no matter what. It could get ugly, dirty, filthy, rotten. No matter what. I'm keeping my love on. I'm keeping my love on. We learn that being right. How much energy we put into being right? I mean, it's unbelievable. I can remember seasons of my life where I, I don't know why. I, 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 I was messed up. I always had to be right. Being right is overrated in any relationship. Ever do that? Like, even I catch myself all the time. Stupid little things. 
We got the, Wanda says, we're in a conversation. Yeah, Kristen, we, we got the oil changed on Tuesday. Well, I know it was Thursday. <laughs> what do I got to do? It wasn't Tuesday, it was Thursday. No, it was Tuesday. Now, we're spending a lot of energy over whether it was Tuesday or, Wednesday, or Thursday. Did it have any matter to the story? No. Who had to be right? I had to be right. It was Thursday. I'm going to go get the receipt when we get home. <laughs> I'm going I'm to call the guy. It was Tuesday. A lot of energy on trying to be right. Overrated. Being right is overrated. Because when your heart is to protect connection, when your heart is to protect connection, my connection with you actually, think about this, my connection with you, Steve, is more important than me being right. Oh my goodness, talk about keeping your love on. That'll change the way you live. I thought you said this, Wayne, I thought I heard that. I, uh, we're in a conflict, bro. I, I'm not seeing it that way. Now, I, I want to be right, or is my heart toward is my connection with you, not distancing myself from you, but my heart connection with you, more important than me feeling right. A big deal. It's a big deal. How about in pr- protecting our connections with one another, we can grow to release grace. Oh, my goodness. We come to Jesus. We need grace. I love your grace. I've been forgiven. I receive so much grace. And I got about this much grace for somebody here. It's horrible. We can be horrible. How about the same grace you've received and you are continuing to receive that you give grace to other people? Are they doing the best they can? I I mean, I had revelation. we, We grow through this thing, through this journey. But what's amazing, my mom and dad, they did the best they could. I look back now and go, how'd they even stay together? Christ wasn't the center of their core. They had no biblical knowledge. They were a hot mess. They're trying to raise a family and three kids. And then they got saved and born again, and now they're in heaven. But during the tough spots, the things I don't even understand, they were doing the best they could. Can I give grace to my mom and dad? Or do I have to be like, you know, you really messed up, and now I'll have this little victim mindset because you messed up. I can use that as an excuse in my life. No, I don't think so right? A lot of ouches. Extend the grace. Danny's book is full of ouches. The next slide, please. Powerful people have powerful relationships. Powerful people have powerful relationships. Powerless people walk in a victim mindset, always pointing their finger at somebody else for all their problems. It's a tough one. Powerful people have powerful relationships. We're going to learn about how how powerful people can have boundaries in their relationships. Shar did an amazing job last week. Just a few highlights about communication. Talk about all of us learning to be better communicators. Our first goal in a conversation is to understand one another. Not shout over one another. Am I the only one that I'm in a conversation with somebody and I'm almost not even listening because I'm, I'm, I'm uh, programming my response. I'm not even listening. I'm getting my response ready. Is anybody, I, I must be the only one. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> the first goal of my conversation should be I want to understand. Want to understand. My thoughts, my feelings, my needs are important. And guess what? So are yours. So are yours. I love what she said. I matter, you matter. Just get a hold of that in a marriage, in a friendship, in a son-daughter relationship. I matter, you matter. 
You go in, I matter, you don't matter, major problems in communication. You're not keeping your love on. You're a selfish person. You're powerless. My favorite, and I'm going to be honest with you, I, I've said this uh, uh, 100 times to people because I've been here 32 years. Juan and I have made this our home 32 years. I've been part of the pastoral care team for 25 years. I've been full-time staff for 15 years. So this, one, this next one I'm going to tell you, I have said this to people. Because there's nothing worse than somebody coming up to you and they distance themselves from you. I feel it, they feel it. What's going on? And then finally we have coffee. Took, took two years. You know what they say to me? You think I'm making this up? Two years ago, you did this. And I go, oh my goodness. I can't remember what I did last week. <laughs> I know you want some type of response from me of recall. But guess what? I don't know what I did two years ago. I have no idea what I did two years ago. I don't know my mindset two years ago. I don't know if I hurt you two years ago. But if you say I hurt you, I guess I hurt you. But can we kind of agree on something, which is my favorite point from Char's message? It's not my job to tell you what's going on inside of you. It's not my job to tell you what's going on inside of me. I'm sorry, I messed it up. It's my job to tell you what's going on inside of me. It's your job to tell, you, to tell me what's going on inside of you. This is called communication. We do not have supernatural powers of telepathy. I am not a mind reader. Guess what? Your spouse is not a mind reader. You know that good friends you have that you're doing life with? They're not mind readers. Even though you think like they should be knowing what's going on right now. They must not be picking up on my body language, <laughs> my facial expressions. I haven't talked to them in six hours. And they're not picking up anything right now. Oh my goodness, you have to share a truth. You have to talk. Wow, pow, mic drop, boom. You got to talk to one another. You got to share truth. You got to talk. Loved it, Char. God wants to teach us. God wants to teach us how to talk to people the way he does. Oh, man, just, just like totally, totally about being surrendered and filled with the spirit of God. We want to change the world. We want to raise the dead. How about we want to learn how to talk? How about if we start, you know, I don't want to lower the bar, but how about we learn to talk? We learn to communicate. We're going to change nations, disciple people, raise the dead, empty hospital rooms. And we can't have a conversation because we're all messed up because we're not talking. We're not working either. We don't, we're not keeping our love on. My heart's not even, I got a million miles from you and me. There's a brick wall, two brick walls, and my heart's not even toward you. And we want to change the world. How about learning to talk? Learning to talk to people like he wants us to talk. The goal of communication is to reveal what's going inside. Wanda, I want to talk to you. I know you probably didn't mean it, but boy, when you did that, I felt like this. I felt so devalued. I felt horrible. I felt like you didn't even care how I felt about nothing. Share what's going on inside of me. Reveal what's going on inside of me. And if it's fear, it's based in fear, what comes out of our mouth is usually unhealthy and powerless. 
but if it's based in faith, hope, and love, what comes out of our mouth is usually powerful and healthy. We can walk through stuff and get a resolve on things. I love this part of Shara's marriage. No more drama, right? Imagine living in a drama-free, how about a no-fiasco zone? <laughs> we need a big sign of no fiascos going on here. My relationship with you is my heart. Fiascos. Everything's a fiasco. Everything, and I'm going to be honest, I grew up in an Italian home. I can relate to the fiascos. <laughs> right? Everything was a fiasco, you know? <laughs> my father was supposed to bring home two loaves of Italian bread, bought one loaf at home. That's a fiasco. Because <laughs> now we're out of Italian bread for the sauce and meatballs. Everything's a drama fiasco. And how many of you know this is the ugliest thing? I see it all the time. You know the analogy of the toothpaste? When you say something and it's hurtful and destructive and harmful, the, I, I feel like two seconds, milliseconds after I said it, I'm like, I want to get it back and I want to put it back in the toothpaste and I can't. I said it. It's out. It's horrible. Let's be careful what comes out of our mouth because we don't want fiascos. How about no more putting up walls, no more putting up distance between us, growing in trust, working through conflicts. In heaven, there's beautiful connections, there's beautiful communication. We want heaven to come to earth. Let's practice that consistently. Let's be the healthiest, most vibrant church family in the region because we're learning to keep our love on in our relationships. We're ambassadors. We're ambassadors of the kingdom of God. We're highly skilled and educated people. Let's develop and grow on what we learn to do, and let's do it well. All right? If you were not here the last two weeks, you just caught the the, the quick glance preview. You caught the three-minute ESPN power slides. All right? So that's the catch-up. Now we're going to have Danny speak to us, and we're going to show a video, because the next, it's actually, the book is in three parts. And remember, real quick, it's impossible for any of us to, to, this is, we're we're just tapping a few themes from the book. We're just hitting a few highlights. I've been taught that leaders are readers, and resources are excellent ways to grow. This book, if we all commit to reading it fully, practicing it, learning, making mistakes and learning, we will be a transformed people. So I'm going to let Danny talk about boundaries, and then we'll take it from there. Hi, New Hope. This is our last week. I'm sure you're sad. (laughs) I know I am. Uh, This is our Boundaries Week. This is where we learned really how to uh, manage ourselves in the complexities of the demands of the rest of the world. I mean, there's there's so many places that are tugging on you. There's so many people, uh, some of them are very close to you and very important, but they're competing with the demands of a business, of a job, of church, of extended family of whatever else you know people who have your phone number people who have your email people who are texting you people who are calling you uh, they're they're like you know they're like the uh, the seagulls in finding nemo and uh, you're a loaf of bread laying on the dock and they're just all moin 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 they're picking at you but you have to learn how to protect your yes, and your yes is your time, your energy, your resources, and your relationships. You are protecting your yes 
by learning to say no. And I realize that that is where problems start. When people hear that uh, you're not going to supply that thing they want. <laughs> so they ratchet up the intimidation, they ratchet up the disapproval, they ratchet up something to try to get your, your no to turn into a yes. And you get really good at managing yourself regardless of the priorities of other people so that you can protect your own priorities, your, your time. It's, you're the boss of your time. It goes where you send it. So if you spend five hours on YouTube, you did that. Somebody didn't do that to you. If you give your date night away because of some friend has a broke down pickup truck, that was you. You made that mistake. If you missed the birthday of your little girl because you were gonna work that Saturday or whatever, that was you. You, you sent your time. You spent your time. So you wanna be sure to be managing your time, your energy, how much sleep do you get? How well do you eat? How much exercise do you get? Your energy is your job. Uh, your resources, your time, your money, your gifts, your talents, those go where you send them. And your relationships. Nobody's managing your time with Jesus. Nobody's managing your marriage. Nobody's managing your family. But you. So these are all going to come back to you when it's all said and done. So learning to manage your boundaries is what this whole session's about. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. And you can't ever say yes unless you are willing and able to say no. So God bless you guys. Thanks for joining us on this series and I hope it was helpful to you. Keep that book and keep going through it because you're going to need a refresher. I just know it. Bye-bye. Amen. Thank you, Danny. Keep your love on boundaries. This is worth a clap, right? Oh, there's so much, but here's what's beautiful. We, we don't have to, the goal is not to exhaust the book, right? The goal is to hit a few highlights. Boundaries, as I read the book and had worked things out with Steve, I felt the boundaries part for me was the biggest part and maybe the most confusing part. Because for many Christians who've grown up in faith, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm laying down my life. I'm giving it all. Um, I don't want to be selfish. I want to be selfless and I want to serve people. And I want to give my talents away and I want to, and I want to serve God with all my heart. And, I want to, and, I want to, and so much damage has been done to marriages and families and children and ministries, and people, and relationships, because as the body of Christ, we haven't learned what it means to put up a boundary. Some of the crazy one-liners are, that have been spoken to me, was, I got expectations of you, you're my pastor, I pay your salary. I pay your salary. I'm asking you to come over at 5 o'clock on Wednesday and I can't believe you have the guts or courage to say no because my marriage is falling apart. And when I look at them and say, hey, your marriage is falling apart, that's on you. I actually got a softball game with my son Josh who's pitching today. And the priority of my life is to be at my son's pitching game because it took you a long time to mess up your marriage. And, that, 
And I can be over your house at 9 o'clock. But the boundary I'm putting up is at 5 o'clock, I'm going to be at my son's softball game. I get to choose my priorities. I get to put value on what's a priority for me. I get to set my own boundaries. So I wanted to go get, because I, I didn't facilitate it, but you know it's a great picture of a boundary? You know, them, I, I remember when we had kids, I don't know what they use now, but you know how you're at the park with the kids? And you got that cool little fence that makes a big circle? Ours used to be like, you know, like the wooden ones that look like, you know, you know? So you spread that little baby. Remember, you could spread it like three feet, or you could make it like you take some real territory at the park, make it like 25 feet, hog the park. He, well, we didn't hog it because we had five kids, and we had two strollers. or whatever. We, we, we needed more real estate in the park. But can you picture that boundary of me putting a boundary up? So imagine my invisible boundary. So the first slide, keep, keep your love out with boundaries. First slide is why and how do we do boundaries? to keep what I want to keep in. You get to choose what you want in. Beth, you don't have a right to choose my priorities. In my life, I get to be responsible for my life. And in my life, I'm letting in my boundaries, I'm letting in joy. Joy is a big one for me. People want to steal my joy, you know, scooting them out of my boundary. I got my boundary here, and for some reason, you are an unjoyful, unthankful, ungrateful, toxic person, and you want to splash all over me today, and I'm going to put up a little boundary and go, boop, you're out, you're out there, because I get to to be powerful. I get to protect my boundary. My boundary is joy is a priority for me, honesty, being honest, peace, love, the fruits of the Spirit, truth. Truth is an honest big one for me. Be truthful for me. One of the compliments I get in life is, Ralph, you know, you're the real deal. What, what you see is what you get. I like that. Because I don't want to, like, I don't want to be anything I don't want to be. You know, I'm going to shoot you straight. You're asking me a question, I'm going to shoot you straight. You don't want an honest answer, don't call me. Right? Don't call. Amen. My boundaries, you don't want an honest answer, call somebody else. It'd be like a commercial, right? You want the truth, call Ralph. <laughs> Respect, honor. In my boundary, I get to keep in what I want in. Next slide. The same cool thing about boundaries, you know my little gate? You know that mean Rottweiler dog? He doesn't get to come in. I not only get to keep what I want in, I get to keep out what I want out. That mean old Rottweiler gets to stay out. Abusive relationships, working with people over the years, and, and you know, I know I'm supposed to be a good Christian, I'm supposed to love I'm supposed to love unconditionally. And, and, and my father is an abusive man. He abused me, and he's a really abusive man, and I'm trying to let him into my life. No! Stop. You can set a boundary. Your abusive father who has abusive, horrible, toxic behaviors, you can keep him out. You can keep him out. See, we get confused. Oh, is that Christ-like? Is that Jesus? Yes, we're going to talk about Jesus in a minute. Jesus wouldn't let dishonor, abusive behavior, fear. We need to keep some of these things. I don't want abusive relationships. I don't want toxic people. I don't want chaotic people who are always in a state of chaos. Get to put the, I get to keep out what I want out. I get to keep in what I keep in. Slide three. I get to prioritize. You get to prioritize your time your energy, 
your resources, and your relationships. This is such a big thing for boundaries. Because so many people do want to pull at you and tug on you. And whether you're, whether you're at work and you're a team leader or whether you're a mom with friends in the, at, the, at the life group, whatever, whatever's going on in your life, people want to pull on you for things. And sometimes you feel powerless because you've said too many yeses. You said too many yeses and you don't have, for whatever reason, the courage to say no. Before Danny ever wrote this book, we, have, we learned decades ago that no is peace. I don't know if anybody else remembers that teaching. No is peace. We got to learn how to say no when it's the Holy Spirit telling us no. And, and, and uh, Brittany might have expectations of me. She, she's got demands of my time and my energy. And she's, you know, when you start putting up boundaries, uh, you're going to kick the bees, the, the wasp nest a little bit. If you don't put any up right now and you're learning to put some up, parents are going to be set, friends are going to, because all of a sudden, they see you protecting you. You're taking care of yourself. You're nurturing your garden. And they're going to be like, how dare you be healthy when I'm a chaotic mess? How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? I want to bring you into my world. You say, no, I'm going to put up a nice boundary here. Okay? Because you get to protect your priorities my, Danny, I love, I get to manage my yes. I get to manage my yes. We're going to break some of the ugly myths that are involved in breaking your yes. The next one is all three. Why good, why healthy boundaries? How and why? To keep what I want to keep in, to keep out what I want to keep out, and to protect the priorities of my life. There's a thing that all of us have, Danny uses the word, our God spot. The core, I say every single person in the core of your inner circle, in the core of your being, you have your center core. There is an inner circle, okay? And no one gets to cross that boundary and barge in. No one gets to have access, unlimited access to me or to you, or you're going to be, you won't be able to sustain it. You're going to have a nervous breakdown, a breakdown. You're going to experience burnout. The worst thing you can do is walk away from God or the church because everybody burned you out. You didn't have no healthy boundaries. You didn't know how to manage your yes. You didn't know how to make your priorities in life your priorities. You know, we've heard this like, if you're new with us, we are not sarcastic, mean people. But I tell you, over the last two months, we've heard like, put your little big boy Jesus pants on like five times. You're going to hear it again. Grow up. Put your little Jesus pants on. Take charge of your life. Be responsible. Imagine in the kingdom of God saying such heresy. (laughs) Grow up. Put your big panties on. Get a job. (laughs) No, right? Whoa. You're being a little too harsh, bro. What happened to the grace message you just talked about? grow up. We get to, and all under, man, I can be powerful. I can take responsibility over my, no one gets to cross that line, barge in, mess with my life. You get a hold of this, it'll change you. I get to manage my yes. No excuses. Remember, I, the only thing I can control is what? Myself. The only thing you can control is yourself. You can't control anybody else, but you can take that beautiful yes that beautiful yes 
The reason why we set boundaries is because you are managing your yes. The important pieces of your life that you want to stay in and things that you want to keep out that will rob you of life, you get to manage that. Amen. And it is a beautiful reality. Amen. Because I'm going to kick it into something because a lot of people say, well, what about Jesus? What about Jesus? Next slide, please. The greatest thing you're going to learn is how to manage your yes. We talked about this, but here's a neat picture. If you've never studied it out, it's kind of fun. And again, we're just grabbing highlights and themes of the book. You know, Jesus Christ was God, the Son of God manifested. Jesus Christ had multitudes of people. You know how many friends he had? How many you know how many people Jesus poured his life into? Bingo, it's not a rocket science question. How many? Twelve. He poured his life into 12 disciples. Out of the 12 disciples, you know how many were close friends? Three. You know how many best friends he had? One. Study it. There's been books written about it before Danny talked about it. The principle is the reality of the scope of energy that we have. Twelve, three, and one is a good principle. Because if you're trying to pour your life into 30 people, you're trying to have 25 best friends and six besties, you are a hot mess. And you're wondering why you're burning this thing on both ends and somehow you're getting tugged here. Got to help Joe move today, cook with Lisa this afternoon. I'm painting with Andrew and Aaron and I are getting together for coffee. You got way too much stuff going on. You have no boundaries. You got to learn how to manage your yes. And people are going to want to intrude on you. Next slide, please. Here's what happens. The yes can get really cloudy. Wow, time's flying. I don't know why, but time seems to be flying to me. I want to talk about the cloudy, yes, because this is a reality. The demands of other people, being motivated by other people's demands. Jesus, his lifestyle, he was connected to the Father. So I think Danny should have a warning label on this. And it should say warning label. Keep your love on will only work if Jesus Christ is the center of your being. Keep your love on will only work is if you are rooted and grounded, centered in your relationship with God and Christ. It will only work if we call it the God spot. At the center of being, you're nurturing a living, vital relationship, a friendship with Jesus because when you're connected to Jesus and you're connected to the Holy Spirit, you're not just out there being a mean person. Watch. You can have healthy boundaries and still love people well. This, this, see, the, the idea is, oh, Ralph, I see your heart growing cold. You are so guarded. You don't have time for me. No, I'm, I'm really good. I have a living relationship with the Holy Spirit. I'm alive. I'm sensitive. I love people well. And I have a boundary. And I get to keep in and keep out and prioritize things in my life. So you can be offended. I didn't do the priority to offend you, but you can be offended. That's okay. You can be offended. That's okay. I'm good. The cloudiness of the yes and no. If you can, Howard, go back to the other slide. All of us are on our journey, and what's really crazy is I'm telling you right now, when you dig into this a little bit and, you, and you, you're reflecting on the Lord and you're saying, Lord, help me, the one thing he's going to begin to do is he's going to speak to you. 
You've been running ragged. You've been doing too much. You're saying too many yeses, and you wonder why you don't got no life in you. You're running on empty, and you're trying too hard. And where is that coming from? But we have the Holy Spirit, and we have his voice, and we can say, oh, this is a cute story. I'm looking for, so I'm just going to do a little, uh, what do you call it, a shameless plug, right, Steve? A shameless plug is we need volunteers for Wednesday Night Life to cook and prepare a dinner on April 24th. So if you're hearing me and you want to help serve, Brittany and Mark did it, Howard's Life Group did it, we need help, okay? I need help, I'm part of this team. But I asked somebody if they could do it. And whenever I ask anybody if they can do it, I have a love relationship with them, there's no pressure. If I'm pressuring people, manipulating people, I got a problem. I'm trying to control them. Can you serve and help out this night, here's the task, this is what's responsible. Don't even respond now. Pray about it, talk to your family. And they came back and said no. And it was so neat because I said yes. They learned, they're learning to manage their own time. You can't do everything somebody asks you to do. So big part of this, keep your yes, yes, and your no, no. Okay? Your yes, yes, and your no, no. I just want to go over a few, what I would call, are some pretty incredible one-liners. Levels of intimacy... Not everyone should have the same access to you. Jesus is our model. 12, 3, and 1. You are responsible to manage your yes and the intimate relationships that you have. It's nothing worse than working with somebody who's neglected their garden and neglected the garden of their marriage for other people for years. Now listen, we can get it back, but adjustments have to be made, boundaries have to be set, Priorities have to be made because what happens, I know this, because everybody else was tugging at me and I neglected my spouse. Okay, grandchildren are not the center core of your being. Wanda is not the center core of my being. I love Wanda, but Jesus Christ is the center core of my being. If I don't nurture my relationship with him and a healthy, life-giving relationship, my kids aren't the core of my being. You got to have Christ as your core, and if you're married, it should be your spouse. This is just part of the book. We'll get you know that you can grow in, but you're responsible to manage these different levels of intimacy. Take care of your garden. Just because people want you to come over and help you move, this is a cute thing. It happened a few years ago. I followed Mark to Corey's lead on this, but Mark had a legitimate back problem. Mark, I think that was really good, Mark. Mark had a legitimate back problem, I think. <laughs> because about a few years ago, Mark, you'd call Mark, hey, Mark, I'm moving. He'd go, I don't help people move anymore. I finally, a few years ago, I said, you know what, I'm done. You know, I'm 60 right now, don't call me to help you move. I've been moving people for years, picking up sofas and pianos and dishes and washers. I'm done. A boundary, I finally put the boundary up. Don't call me for muscle or moving ability. But I got to set a boundary. See, we're talking about this is every aspect of life. Some people get mad. I can't believe, guess what? When he calls me, I'm not moving him either. <laughs> well, you can keep your love on if you want to be selfish. Because <laughs> I am going to need help loading that truck. <laughs> Jesus set boundaries. I want to close with one of the most beautiful parts of this whole thing. Taking care of yourself. Taking care of your garden setting the priorities in your life. But the last chapter of the book, I know Steve and Joy are going to wrap this up next week. But 
the last chapter in the book is, a, is titled, Did You Learn to Love? Did you learn to love? It's a great story. Did you learn to love? What if all of us could see heaven for a minute, we arrive there in heaven, and we're face to face with Jesus, and Danny paints this beautiful picture, but what if the first thing he asked you was, did you learn to love? Did you learn to love? Did you learn to love? Did you keep your love on? Were connections important to you? Did you grow in communication? And even your boundaries, that you could have healthy boundaries and still be a passionate lover of people. The, the thing that's attached to that is, is you, you don't love very well. You don't have time for me. No, I just, I'm managing my priorities. And I won't let you put that on me. I won't let your orphan heart, I won't let your victim mindset, I won't let your need to have me in your life control me. I won't, I won't do it. Over many years of ministry and people, you know, you put them demands on other people, you got the problem. So did you learn to love? I'm going to have you stand with me. Did you learn to love? Did you learn to love? Just imagine for a minute that you're face to face with Jesus. And, every, and the biggest thing in his heart, what if, what if the number one thing, the biggest thing he wanted to know was did you grow and mature? Did you learn to love? Because you know the greatest commandment in the, in the new covenant is that he says to us, I want you to love the way I've loved you. The way that I have loved you, I want you to love others. I want you to be healthy. I want you to be free. I want you to be powerful. I want you to grow in keeping your love on in every single relationship that you have. I want you to have healthy boundaries and set priorities. And I want you to be healthy people. And the heart of the Father is a healthy community growing to be the most healthiest, powerful, free people in the region because we're practicing keep your love on. No matter what, when I look at you in the eye and I say, no matter what, I'm going to learn. to. My heart is for you. So, Father, we pray that this doesn't work without a vital, deep relationship with you. We need a relationship with God. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be alive in our friendship and cultivating our intimacy with Jesus. We need to be alive in Jesus knowing his voice, knowing his love. Can't give away what you don't have. So Father, we pray in Jesus' beautiful name. We pray by the power of the Holy Spirit for each one of us, wherever we are on this journey of life, that our yeses and our noes are shaping us. It's shaping our walk. And that each one of us is a disciple we're committing our hearts to one another to build strong, vital relationships. And Father, we just love you so much. We want to love you and we want to love one another. And Holy Spirit, we commit this to you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Thanks so much for joining us. If you'd like more information or additional resources, Please check us out at newhopecom.org. Thanks and have a blessed week.